Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. And I, I may, I, I'll read this prophecy to you that Dr. Jacobs gave me. If, if Did any of y'all see uh, Dr. Jacobs in uh, Marietta, California at, uh, at uh, World Harvest Church? Praise God. Y'all, y'all followed that meeting? It was a powerful meeting. He taught on the ministry of angels. And he taught on deliverance. And um, those are, are uh, ministry areas that he excels in, uh, on the ministry of angels. And if you hadn't watched those, go back and look at them because you're going to need the ministry of angels to finish yourself. There's no such thing as a believer living in the earth and not receiving angelic protection, guidance, and you fulfill your destiny. If Jesus couldn't fulfill his destiny without angels, we're not either. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So you need to go back and, and uh, type in um, Dufresne Ministries on your, on your YouTube uh, browser, and that'll come up, and um, it'll be last week's services. I don't remember what day it was. It'll be a Monday or Tuesday last week. You need to understand you have angelic protection. Watching over your children, many of you probably had close calls, and uh, and uh, where the enemy tried to do something in your life, but the angels they've been watching over you. You know the old people used to say, "He saved me from danger seen and unseen." <laughs> A lot of times we've been saved and we didn't know we were saved. I was thinking about Diamond, uh, Sister Diamond. I was thinking about her when he was teaching. Doctor Jacobs was teaching on angels because she had an accident in her car. And um, she was, I think the car did a complete somersault two or three times. Airborne two or three times flipping. How many of you know you're not supposed to come out of there? But there she is standing over there. Why he, come on now. You're going you to find out, you gonna, what, what you're going to find out about me is I'm going all the way. Whatever, whatever, he, whatever Jesus died and appropriated for me to have, I want it all. Amen. They said, it's my money and I want it all. Is that what the commercial said? Anyway, anyway I, I, I remember her giving that testimony. And so when Dr. Jacobs was t- teaching on angels and how they protect, how they guide, how they prosper you, come on, man. Uh, we, need to, we need to take part in that, uh, that ministry. And the way you take part in it, you get knowledgeable of it. Amen. There's always more for you than ever can be against you. That's why the Bible said, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation because there's more help for you than has ever come against you. There's more provision for you than you ever had bills. There's more healing for you than you ever had sickness. God put you in the advantage on this planet, amen? He put you in authority and advantage on this planet. It's more joy for you than it's ever been challenges. You just got to tap into that supernatural world. Amen. In order for you to live the fullness, you got to tap into that world. But, um, and, and so he taught in that ministry. Then he taught, all, he taught in the Bible school on deliverance. And that was almost 12 hours of teaching. That's my second time going through that. And so I've had almost 24 hours teaching on deliverance. <laughs> Not to mention the other time he taught. Amen. 
The number one attack on a person's life, the devil does not want you to finish your destiny. And you can't live on this planet like he don't exist. You can't live on the planet like your angels don't exist. Because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Amen. Praise God. But he gave you this ability called discerning of spirits. Come on now. You're supposed to know what's around you. You're supposed to know the angels encamp around you. And then you can use your faith and just believe the word. Amen. You got, uh, Jesus told Mary and Martha, if you believe, you're going to see the glory. You're gonna, if you believe the word, you're going to see the manifestation of the angelic host in your life. They may not appear to you, but you're going to be seeing, begin to see their manifestations. Jacob declared, he said, the angel that redeemed me from all evil. Come on now. He said, my whole life long. God's got a deliverance for you from evil. He said, there's a place that the wicked one... Come on now. There's a place he can't touch your money. There's a place he can't touch your body. There's a place he can't touch your mind. There's a place he can't touch your family. That's where you want to live. In the, you abide in the secret place of the Most High. Under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, I got a refuge. You are my fortress. You are my keeper. And even though I may walk through the valley, to shout I'm coming out amen I'm gonna live the victorious life God want me to live sometimes people are, are influenced by demonic forces and they don't even know it that's the saddest part that they are influenced by demonic spirits and they don't know it and um we're going to have to help you with some of that. And there's so much teaching that needs to be done. I sat there. It was my second time sitting there 12 hours. You think you sit in here an hour and we done push you to your limit. You're like, Papa, I, can, I done took all I can stand. <laughs> we got to get to the place that we can stand all the world is doing all week long. We can stand all that entertainment, all that information. And it's not putting our life off. We got to get to the place where, you know, I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So he can teach us how to live demon-free lifestyles. Amen. And live in the blessing of God. Amen. So, you know, we got a lot of teaching to do. But you can catch up with me just getting on YouTube. Instead of watching the big show this week, listen to how to live free of demonic influence Amen. in your life. Very seldom, the enemy wants to take people from influence to control, to possession. When you see on the news where somebody destroys their whole family and destroys themselves, you just watch demonic possession. Now I say this about Satan, he doesn't need your whole life. He just needs you possessed for a moment. On the Gadarene demoniac, he said he had 12 legions of demons in them. When you get free, it's good to stay free. Because the Bible says when you get free and you don't grow, then they come back seven more. They are restless beings. And they say, let us go back to the house 
because they ain't getting in the word over there. They over there watching. They got free. They happy. They watching the big show now, and uh, and and they not they not walking in their uh, deliverance and dominion. And they said, let us go in and take over that house. And then that's how people end up getting worse. Have you ever seen, saw something? Somebody said, well, that's been, they, they even worse now. It's because there's more demonic influence is coming to their life. And it's trying to go to control and possession. It got to the place where the, the uh, we call him uh, the demoniac. Uh, he was cutting himself with because of the way the enemy made him feel about himself. He started cutting himself, and and uh, he was he was unclothed and nobody could control him. So they started chaining him up, and they moved him out someplace where he would be away from society. We have those institutions today, and that's demonic possession. And medication is not going to get it out. All it does is make your brain stop working. So nobody can work through you. Not God or anybody can work through you. But, but the Bible said who the son sets free. And he comes to destroy the works of the devil with the power of God. And that's been given to the church. And the church needs to know how to use the power to help people get free. And you need to go home and you need to listen to those sessions. Anybody that's afraid of demons, you need to listen to those sessions. Because God didn't put you under him. He put you over him. He made you large and in charge. We're concerning the devil. Amen. But if you don't grow in the words, you never understand that. And then I, re I, I see people giving testimony. I've been running from the devil all day long. Give God praise and glory. No, you should have handled that. Yeah. And that's because of ignorance. And I had to tell somebody one time that came to talk to me. I said, your problem is the places you've gone to learn about demonic spirits taught you wrong. When you tell them to go, they go. Amen. They don't hang around and say, make me. Yeah. No, they don't say that. They get to going because they know who you are. And they see the host around you. Amen. You got up this morning with a host around you. I'm trying to help you this morning. You got up this morning with a host around you. Amen. You got you woke up with prosperity angels around you. Defending angels around you. Warring angels around you. Amen. Praise God. They watch over your children and everything. Praise God. Learn to get a good sleep at night. But then... Uh, the night he ministered to the pastors, I want to read this and then get in our word this morning. He said, um, he said, Pastor Keith, there's a new anointing coming on you. Now, praise God. And then if you know how to read that, if you know how to listen to that, you know something's going to come on you too. Yes, it is. Because it starts from the top. Psalms 133 said it starts from the top. And then it runs throughout the whole body until it covers everything. God ain't never just said, I'm going to know one person. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. So there's something new coming on you. But you're going to have to say something new coming on me. Amen. When you get a prophecy, you just get more work. 
You just got more work. You got more confession than to do. That's all that is, is work. That's all it is, is work. Amen. But I knew it was coming. And it says you're about to, you're, you're just about into that building. But just now there's coming not only a new building, but there's coming a new room. See, when you come into a new room, there's furniture in there you've never seen before. There's furniture in there that's never seen before. There's appliances in there you've never seen before. God's got some new stuff coming for you. But you're going to have to be spiritual people. Amen. This came out of the spirit. This came out of the spirit. And you need to go and you need to watch that night. I believe it was uh, Tuesday night when he ministered uh, to the pastors. And then he said, it's anointing coming on the women. Come on now. Yes, he did. He laid hands on the women. Come on now. I mean, I'm, this is a year of acceleration. This is a year of outpouring like never before. Amen. Now, I, I, I said this to them in the back after he did that because we were talking about women in the ministry. So I was talking to Pastor Nance and Dr. Jacobs in the back. And I said this. I said in Genesis chapter, th in, in Genesis, around Genesis 3.15, when God was giving judgment out for man disobeying him, he said, I'm going to put enmity between the man, I mean, between the woman and Satan. Did y'all put that up there real quick? I'm going to put enmity between thee and the woman. See, a woman is a natural enemy too. That's why women be at church. You be wondering why you at church, because you're a natural enemy to Satan. That's why you want your kids to pray, because you are natural enemy. Come on now. You, you, you got a natural tenacity to darkness, but you love the church. That's why you'll come if nobody else in your family coming. That's why you'll bring your kids to come on in here, because there's a natural instinct in you and the essence that God put inside you that everything you birth will praise the Lord. That everything that you come out of your womb I want it to be a devil crusher. I want it to crush demons. I want it to cast out devils. I got some in me that God put there. Say amen to that. God put it in there. I believe God, he could have said, I'm going to put it between you and the man. But it's God talking right now. <laughs> but the woman, it's the seed of the man. But the seed is given to the woman from the man. It is almost like you say, I got this now, thank you. But anyway, <laughs> you have to carry nine months. Fall in love with that which is in your womb and you want it to be protected. So God said, I'm going to put enmity between you and Satan. They said, you know, they said, uh, you know, you, you know, it's nothing like a mother praying for you. Amen. Come on. There's nothing like a mama praying for you. And then somebody even sang a song, I had a praying grandmama. Well, it's not like we're having one of them old grandmama saints calling you, standing in the presence of God. You about ready to get saved? 
I'm telling you right now, you about ready to get saved. You better get, you about ready to get sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you got to get ushered into the house of God and into your purpose and destiny. Timothy said, Paul told Timothy, he said, the faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mama is on the inside of you. And he raised up a mighty church. But then it says, um, I said, that means men have to choose sides. Amen. He said, because the woman was deceived, I'm going to naturally make y'all enemies because you tricked her. But a man's got to make a choice. He got to choose. He got to choose which side he on. Amen. Choose. That's why Joshua said, you got to choose this day. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. And as for me and my house. See, a man's got to make a choice as for me and my house. I'm not just coming to church, but my house is coming. I'm not just worshiping, but my house is going to worship. Amen. I'm not just going to worship. My children are going to be worshiped. As for me and my house, I'm making a choice today that we're going to serve the Lord. And if you're a man in here this morning, if you have made a choice, come on now. Amen. But Brother Jim is already up praising the Lord. Come on now. Jim, Jim knew where I was going. Amen. Because it's about a choice. I put before you life and death. Choose life. So that you and your seed, your children, your wife, your grandchildren can live. And if you are made in here and you have made a choice, you ought to let the devil know. Stand on your feet. I said stand on your feet. See, you men are so slow. You men are so slow. If it was a game, a football game, come right up. See y'all slow. That's why he had to put it with the woman. Y'all gotta catch up. Y'all gotta get y'all get gotta get excited. You gotta get excited about Jesus more than a football. More than a car, more than a boat. Y'all gotta get it, y'all gotta get caught up. I ought to make everyone you run a lap this morning. See, y'all laughing. See, y'all laughing, though. Y'all act like that's too hard to run a lap. <laughs> Dad Rogan, what you doing? I know Jesus brought you out. <laughs> I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. See, my mind went back to those two-a-day practices out in the hot sun. See, I played baseball and I played football. And I was on the wrestling team. And we missed a ball. Coach say, take off running. Give me a lap. Ball go through your leg. Give me a lap. How many of y'all know? How many of you, man? If the coach just said, give me a lap, because you missed the play, you dropped the ball, you got a penalty, 
and you just took off. You didn't even ask no question. Amen. The Bible said that the lame man, when he was at the gate beautiful, and Peter and John went up to time to pray, and he'd been lame from his mother's womb. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we got a power. In the name, because silver and gold ain't going to help you walk anyway. But in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that everything in heaven has to listen to, in earth and under earth, in that name, rise up and walk. And the Bible said immediately strength came to his feet. And the Bible said he was in the temple running. Yes, it did. People act like running in the temple something wrong. But if the Lord had brought you out, he made a way that nobody else could make for you. He brought you, lifted, he lifted up your bowed down head. He strengthened you. Nobody bring me out but Jesus. <laughs> He'd never run before. He'd never leap before. Sit out in the playground in the corner and watch the other kids running. Watch the other kids leaping. And thought, this is my lot in life. is trying to make people think this is your life you, you're going to have to live with this dysfunction this is the way your family is going to be you're going to have to live with this mindset you're going to have to live with this financial culture you're going to have to live with this Jesus said I behold I make all things new old things are passed away and he's trying to tell you I'm going to bring you into a new room going to bring you into a new room. I'm about ready to bring you into a new room. And whatever you need to overcome, whatever dysfunction it is, whatever mindset it is, there's equipment in that room to change it. You just got to tell God, I'm going in. I heard you got a new room. And I'm going into it. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you can be seated. Hallelujah. He said, it's a new room for you to step into in that new building. We're not just going into a building. We're going into a new dimension of our destiny. Amen. And that's all of us. Come on now, that's all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if, you, if you're going to be attended on this side of town, there's a new room for you too. Amen. Praise God. There's newness for you too. And God's got a place out here playing for this too. And you bring me out here for nothing. Amen. And it's happening. Praise God. Now look what it says right here. The church is, is going to grow and grow 
and grow. I didn't say that. He said it. By the Spirit of God under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And you need to go watch that on the video. Amen. See, we got to go together where we're going. We have to go together where we're going. That's why he said, it's, oh, how good in Psalms 133. You can put that one up. Oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's why division is of the devil. You don't want division in your house. You don't want division in your family. You don't want division among your children. You want division between you and your wife. And you don't want division between you and God. How do you do that? The Bible said, how can two walk together unless they agree? You just got to agree with God. You got to get the word and agree with God. You got to do the word way. I'm committed to doing things the way God said to do. You need to understand me as a pastor. You need to get the prophecy book out. You need to understand who I am and who we are. This one is describing us. And he's not just talking about numerical growth. Amen. We about ready to grow in the Holy Ghost. Growing in power. Growing in wisdom. Growing in knowledge. Growing in faith. Amen. Growing in expectation. Growing in honor. Growing in righteousness. Amen. He's just talking about growing. Growing up into the image of Christ. Amen. Grow. 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 Amen. Can you do this for me? And, and, and just right now look at your neighbor and say, grow. 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 Amen. Now you got your assignment. Come on now. God is trying to accelerate you. Amen. It says phenomenally, and he says grow phenomenally. That you're going to do something on a phenomenal level. We're talking about acceleration. We're talking about moving faster. What happens if your business just stops just growing but grows phenomenally? I didn't, I didn't make this up. This is a word for you. What happens if your wisdom gets phenomenal in your occupation and you become the answer to it all? Somebody ought to grab this and run with this. Somebody ought to say, give me a copy of that. And if it's just one copy laying up here and I turn my back, you should have had that. You should be going out the door. You should have had that. Where's my paper? I got another one, amen. I keep my, I keep spiritual things. You take the paper, I still got it. Amen, praise God. I'm going to give it to Miss Carly, and she's going to email all y'all. Phenomenal growth. Amen. All right. Once you get into that building, expect it. Come on now. What are you expecting? Have you ever ordered a package and you kept going to the mailbox? Come on now. Amen. You were not going wondering if it was coming. Amen. You know it's coming, so you're out there looking for it. Maybe the man left it in the backyard. I don't know. But I'm going to look around until I, 
Amen. Because I'm expecting this to happen. Faith without expectation is not faith at all. Because if God promised it, then I should expect it. The Bible said that we ought to have fervent expectation. Oh, I'm, I, I, got, I got white hot expectation that if God said it, then you can believe it. It's going to happen. Come on now. God said, I need to see this church in expectation. That's what he said. Amen. But expect it, believe for it. Expectation is a part of faith and they go together amen and expectation and belief always voices always voices always voices what is expected because when you expect something you talk about it amen when I was out of town when I told my grandson I said I'm gonna, they did something I, I did something I don't even remember what they did but I told them I said okay I'm going to take y'all shopping as soon as I got back the oldest one, the spokesman of the group. I said, now, Paul, Paul, now when are we going shopping? See, he expects that what you say is going to get done. Amen. And God has said, I am not a man that I should lie. If I said it and you believe it, then you're going to see it. So expect it. Amen. And it says, believe for it. God says, says they're coming. Because you are going to feed them. You need to understand my job, I'm going to feed them. He said, you're going to feed them. Now he said that on the spirit of God. He said, Keith, you're going to feed them. You're going to love them. Amen. Heal them and get them delivered. And make them good disciples. If you're around here long enough, you're going to find out I'm not into membership, I'm into discipleship. And discipleship is people that look like Jesus. I'm not into membership. That's failure. That's failure. Membership as a goal is failing in the Great Commission. Jesus never asked pastors to give him members. He asked pastors to give him disciples because membership does not complete the Great Commission. Discipleship is how you complete the Great Commission because discipleship means you look like Jesus. Membership can mean you still tripping. It's 10 years later and you ain't changed nothing, but you a member and you, your name's on the roll and you go down there. But as far as change, you haven't changed a thing. As far as believing, you have not exercised faith in a thing. And some people can live their whole life in church and all they have achieved is being a member. That's failure. That's pastoral failure. And it says right here, make them good disciples in Jesus' name. Because of your faithfulness toward me, some people are going to have to understand how you treat your past is where you're going. Some people don't understand that. Part of my assignment is to travel with him. 25 years ago, he laid hands on me and, and released me and sent me 
to Nashville, he said other people are going to need what's been put on the inside of you. You need to read that. I was here. I've been sent here for you. I've been sent here for you for discipleship. Because everybody comes through that door and needs change. Nobody comes through that door 100. Amen. If you need to go back and listen to my message on 100. Praise God. Keeping it 100. Nobody comes through that door keeping it 100. They need change in their life. We moving toward 100. Amen. And you get when you make it, holler, 100! <laughs> then I know you there. But the fruit need to be there too if you're going to holler that. And don't just holler that because I said that. I'm talking about when you hit it. You come in here and you holler, 100! And that means the fruit and everything is there. I'm not going to see you out in the parking lot cussing somebody out after you, you hollered 100. I'm not going to see you in the corner in the booth in the dark after you hollered 100. I'm not going to see you bitter against your wife once you hollered 100. I'm not going to see you disrespecting your husband after you stood up and hollered 100. Amen. If I ask you about the prophets in the church, you're not going to say, uh, 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 from a small apple tree. And after you hollered 100, you're going to know the prophecies. From a small seed shall grow a mighty tree. Come on now. You've been praying that out. So before you holler it, examine yourself. Amen. Examine yourself so we don't have to check your fruit. All right, moving right along. Because of your faithfulness toward me, I have to travel with him. His life has changed since Pastor Dan has gone to heaven. And uh, he wants to talk more now. He's different. And the last time we talked on the phone, I, most of the time, he's ready to get off the phone because he's got so much going on. Last time he just he just kept talking. Change is real. So if change is happening to him, guess what I gotta do? Keep talking, prophet. Everything goes on hold. So he, we got ready to land. He called. We got ready to land back in Indiana, and to travel with him, Cynthia and I, Pastor Cynthia and I, had to get in the car and travel, travel two and a half to three hours to meet his plane takeoff. Pick him up in the morning at his house on time, sitting in the parking lot, just waiting. After you worked all week on the building, all week long. You stop what you're doing. You look on the things of somebody else's. You can't shout 100 unless you're working on somebody else's stuff. Anybody can work on their own stuff. Anybody can work on their own stuff. But wait, the Bible said, what about looking on the things of others? He said, Keith, I know you got a lot going on, and I appreciate you stopping. And I thank God for 
people that have watched over the building, Brother JV, he sat in the building from sunup to sundown to make sure it was somebody there so the workers could get in. You can't get that to anybody. I got to know you're going to show up. I got to know I can lean on you. Lean on me. Amen. I got to know I, I can lean on you. You cannot give an assignment to the unfaithful. The Bible said it's like a bad tooth and you, and you, you go get an apple and try to bite down on the apple with a bad tooth. You're going to scream. Ah! Amen. Don't make me scream. Because that'll be a reflection on how a harvest is coming back to you. I'm trying to help you right now. I figured it out. Except you are faithful in another man's ministry. Put that one up there. That's Luke chapter 16. I think it's around verse 12. Except you've been faithful in somebody else's ministry. Who shall give you that which is your own? 16, 12. If you have not been faithful and you don't get to tell somebody you was faithful. The person you was serving gets to grade you. You don't fill out your own report card. No, you don't. Because it'd be A, you ain't turning an lesson. I'm going to give myself an A because I just thought about the lesson. I could have passed the test. I know I didn't take it, but I was going to pass it anyway. A, you don't get to grade your faithfulness. The person you were serving gets the great that. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, everybody can do their own thing. That's book. And I know it's in there. I know this whole ministry this entire ministry is tied to that verse. So when you try to get your own, you pull in the strings. You got to make it happen. You got to pull the strings. You got to do the back and leg work and pulling and toting. You got to do it. And it's a flesh endeavor. Because true ministry shall be given to you who will give you that not tugging for it it should be given that's what we can say all the money we need it's done all the furnishings are done why because it's been given because of service I knew when Dr. J I knew when Dr. Dufresne and Dr. Jacobs came together. I said, that's a man. You can count on him. You're going to be able to count on Dr. Jacobs. I watched everybody leave him the wrong way. Dr. Dufresne. Dr. Jacobs was the last man standing. The last man standing means other people didn't influence you. Their choices didn't influence you. They were like Apostle Paul. None of these things moved me. Somebody else getting out don't influence me. And if you don't think you got to live that life, you better, you better know it. 
You're going to have to watch people go astray, but you're going to have to keep walking on that narrow way. If you've not been faithful in that, which is another man, who? Jesus said, I'm not doing it. Who? will give you what is your own, which means you have your own. But until you look at somebody else's own and serve that own, you don't get yours. So now I'm just not responsible for pastoring this church and the church on Dickerson Road. I'm responsible for traveling with him. And I have to leave with people in authority. Yeah. Next month, I'm going to be gone from Monday to Monday. That's the longest trip of all. I'm glad Pastor sent with It's in April. Yeah, I'm glad Pastor sent went with me on this trip. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you about that some other time. It was so funny. Anyway, but anyway, we, uh, he would get up every morning, go down to breakfast. I'm going with you. You won't eat breakfast by yourself. I don't need me breakfast, but it ain't about me. I don't need me breakfast now. Drink black coffee. But he does. I don't say because I don't eat breakfast, I'm not coming down. You a trip. <laughs> Try to help you up in here. You got to deal with that. You ain't going to be able to scratch it out of your Bible. <laughs> if some people had their way, their Bible would have, there's nothing on that page, no. Turn to a chapter, with that chapter, I don't have that one. I took the whole thing out. The word is going to tell you stuff you don't want to hear. It's going to get you. If you run it up against it, it's going to tell you something you don't want to hear. But Jesus said, I correct them whom I love. I correct them. If I love them, I correct them. And correction is not pleasant. It's just not pleasant being corrected. The Bible says it's not, so it's not. People don't jump, oh, I've been corrected. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give him glory. Because it's doing something to your soul. That's why when children are corrected, you typically see a manifestation of their soul. It's time to go home. <gasps> Because you have given them instruction that's opposed to their will. And that's what's got to, God recreated your spirit, but your will has to be renewed. Your will has to be renewed to what he wants. And a lot of times when we hit up against that, we don't understand the value of obeying him. And that's why you got to pray for wisdom. So you can see the outcome like he going to see it. And see what you're doing is going to cost you if you keep going that way. And, and while you're making that transition, he said it's not pleasant. 
but he says, if you go without correction, this is the book of Hebrews, around 12 or 13, you are a bastard. You are a person running with no oversight in your life, and you are getting ready to fail. Because you don't know what you're doing. You just don't. So, he says this right here. Let me go down here. He says, you've been, because of your faithfulness towards me, you and Pastor Cynthia, my wife does not oppose my service to my pastor. That's really important. Are you always got to be gone? You married wrong. Somehow you got a hold of Job's wife. I don't know how you do it or her sister or some of the lineage down there. You got Job's wife's great, great, whatever. Your your marriage union should not oppose your service to God. Because if it is, you married wrong. You married unequally yoked together. You married 36, 24, 36. When you should have married Proverbs 30, 31. The virtuous woman. Amen. You, you got your numbers. You had too many numbers. You got too many numbers. Praise God. He said this, <laughs> and so, so we got home. The plane landed at 6 o'clock. His time, 5 mine. If I get on the road right now, I'll be home at 8 o'clock. But he don't have nothing to eat. He called his son. Is any food in the house? Nope. Anything in the refrigerator? Nope. And even though I want to go home, sometimes you're grand, you, stay away from your, you stay away from the youngest grandkid too long. And you try to do Facebook with them, they say, who are you? <laughs> Mimi was doing that to me. <laughs> I was gone long. And so, um, I said, since we're not leaving until he eats. Because we got up this morning, four-hour flight, no, no food, or nuts and whatever on the plane. But solid meal, he hadn't had one since breakfast that morning. It's five that evening, and he would have let me drop him off at home. Sometimes you got to do what's right because you have to understand this man is not overbearing. You ain't leaving till you feed me. He said, "You already been gone with me this long." He says, "No." No, my, my flesh wants to turn and go home. But this is where your spirit has to override. You're still dealing with another man. You're still dealing with another man. And you will reap. Ain't nobody helped me do nothing. They're like, what did you sow? Did you live that selfish? Did you live that selfish of a life? Ain't nobody ever done nothing for me. Really? That's how you live, right? That's how you put it out there. No, no, I said, uh, I said, since we're not leaving, we go to Longhorns, hour 15 minute wait. Go to Outback, hour 15 minute wait. Go to Mission Barbecue, they standing around the wall. 
we driving from restaurant to restaurant. And I put Cynthia, <laughs> I gave Pastor Cynthia that running job because she hadn't got all of her steps in for that day. And I know she wanted to hit that. But anyway, that's the only reason why I didn't get out of the car. She needed to get her number steps in. But anyway, um, we finally found a place that he liked. I said he liked. We didn't say that's Kentucky Fried Chicken. How about that? We found a place that he liked, and he sat there and ate. And then he said, I don't have no food in the morning when I get up in the morning. He said, there's no groceries in my house. I said, hand me your phone. Have you ever heard of Instacart? <laughs> you got to understand, he don't use computers or none of that stuff. So, so he says, my spiritual sons have to help bring me into that. That was an honor to show him how to use that. And then we dropped him off at his house. Nobody, co nobody goes in Dr. Jacob's house. I've known him for 37 years, and I've been in this house five times. Christopher may not have been in there once. <laughs> anyway, because Crystal it was at Church on the Rock and was sent here. Uh, Crystal was sent here. Dr. Jacob sent on here. So I can count on one hand how many times I've been in his house. So I rode his suitcases and got them out of my truck and I set them in his washroom. And he said, Keith, come in. So I came on, I, I walked in. I walked in and uh, he said, where's Pastor Cynthia? I said, she in the truck, she know the rule. You ain't going in that house. And then he, and he said, where's Pastor Cynthia? See, Pastor Dada's gone home. It's just a change now. So he called Pastor Cynthia in and, and we talked. And I noticed he just needed the fellowship. He said, my sons are my friends. I watched him try to have associates his whole life. Sometimes people just can't walk with you. Where you going? He said, my sons are my friends. He said it in front of the whole church. World Harvest Church at Pastor Nancy. He said, my sons are. They are my friends. So even though I want to go home, as long as you won't talk, I'll just stand here. Whatever hour of the night that we ride back, that'll be well with me. Because we're talking about another man. Yeah. I'm trying to help people. You wonder why is this not going for? Why my business not doing like it's supposed to? Why is it not going for? Because it ain't about your business. You got your own. But to get to you, to make your own fruitful. What about? the other man that God gave you. And it's not just any man. It's in that man that God gave you for sure. So then I showed him how to order Instacart and we in his house. And I had it expedited. Uh, he showed me this statue he got in the in the Catholic Christian bookstore when he teaches on angels he had a vision about an angel that, that had a bow and an arrow and that was taking out demonic forces coming against him he taught that vision he saw it in a vision an angel was taking out demonic spirits and would pull arrows from a bow and he would get up and do that and show how that, how that angel was taking out demonic spirits that was coming against him 
And when he went into the Catholic bookstore, there was a statue there with an angel pulling the bow out, pulling the air. He screamed. He said, I screamed. In the, he said, that's what I saw in the vision. So you come and see the angel. He's on my phone. I took a picture of him in the kitchen. And then finally he said, I need to let y'all go home. And then he hugged us and blessed us and sent us off. And uh, while we were there, we had a trip. We got a trip coming up in April. And then while we were there, he made the trip even longer. He looked at me and said, Keith, I'm not just going to go to this church now. Another church invited me, and so I'm going to stay longer. It's going to go from Monday to Monday. Is that okay with you, Pastor Roke? Is, is that okay? <laughs> it's going to be from Monday to Monday this time. Is that okay? I may look at you one day and say, is that okay? I'm, I'm looking for some kind of feedback. <laughs> I'm looking at expression. I'm looking at, I'm reading everything. Is that okay? You need to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. That's what you need to say when I ask you that question. I said, yeah, it's going to be fine. So I'm going to be gone for a whole week. So y'all going to have to watch it. But we sowing seed up in here. We sowing, we sowing Luke 16, 12 seed. Because you're going to have your own stuff. And if you want your own stuff to move forward without a struggle and without a weight and pushing and tugging, and you want it to be light and easy, you need to sow good seed. And this is what he said. He said, because you've been faithful to me, because of your faithfulness to me. I didn't say I was faithful to him. I didn't say it. And I'm going to show you how to do this in just a minute. You and Pastor Cynthia, I command the blessing. There the Lord have commanded blessing. He said, we've been together for 37. He stood in front of that whole church. He said, Keith and I have been together for 37 years, and we have never had one argument. He said, married people can't even say that. <laughs> Let the married people say amen. Amen. Because <clears throat> I kept my place. I know my place. He can call me his friend all he wants to. But he is my spiritual father. And he is my pastor. That's who he is. And I, I stay in my place of honor, esteem, and respect. He said this. He said, I command the blessing on your life to come into a greater measure both of you in the name of Jesus he said man sit in front of the whole church man they have taken care of me let me show you something in the word then I'm going to let you go how do you live this lifestyle to receive everything that is in this prophecy look over here in Ecclesiastes I call it the Bible in one verse. You have to establish a lifestyle of honor. What do you honor? What do you honor? Amen. 
this whole church, this whole church exists in the state that it is today is because there's a dimension of honor that we have here and we want it to expand and we want it to grow. And um, it says right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, you want to remember this verse for the rest of your life. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Not part of the matter. All of it. The conclusion means the end. The conclusion is a summary of the introduction and the body of any address or any writing. The conclusion is the end. If you read the conclusion, you'll get the main point of what you should have captured from the introduction and the body. And it is the last time in that reading to get the narrative and the theme of what you should be doing. And God says in the verse before this verse, you can read a lot of books, but it's just going to weary your flesh. Let me give you the conclusion so that you will know what you should be looking for if you read any book. If it has any value in it, if it has any substance in it that's going to better your life, make sure that what you give yourself to and what you read and what you expose yourself have these qualities in it that I'm addressing in this conclusion. And make sure that this as the whole matter is the foundation of your entire life and make sure it's in everything that you do if you want to fulfill your calling on this planet. He said this is the conclusion of the whole matter where it concerns life. God is not talking about any matter. He's talking about the whole matter. He's talking about my existence. He's talking about my purpose, my destiny. He's talking about the reason he created me. He's talking about the reason he positioned me in his plan and purpose, the reason he formed me, the reason he sent Jesus to the cross to die for my sins. He's talking about the whole conclusion of my whole existence. And our whole existence is vital. It's not just on this planet. We have what the Bible calls eternal salvation. We will live forever. And he said forever this must be the foundation of everything you do. It should be the reason why you do what you do, the way you go where you go, where you have what you have, the people you connect with. It should all be tied to this main thing. When I look at your life, this is what I should see. I look at your business, I should see this. If I look at your family, I should see this. If I look at your marriage, I should see this. If I look at your service in the church, I should see this. It has to do with your whole life, and it's the conclusion of the whole matter. It's tied to everything that deals with your essence and your purpose and who you are. It deals with your creation. The Bible says in Psalms 8, I crowned him with glory and honor. It has to do with his very creation. He said, let's hear it then. Fear God. Fear God. This word doesn't mean to be scared of God. Mm 
People can be scared of God. But normally they violate us. The Bible said the guilty runs when nobody's chasing them. Fear God. It's the key to everything. The whole conclusion of the matter doesn't mean to be afraid of God. It means that you respect him. Because wherever your respect is, that's where your faith is. Whoever you respect and whatever you respect, that's what you will follow and it will become a part of your life. We can tell who people are listening to by watching their behavior after they listen. That's why the Bible says you got to be careful how you hear. You got to be careful how you, how you, what, who is speaking into your life. You got to be careful who's voicing and speaking into your life. The Bible said be careful how you hear because that may become a part of your life. Whoever you listen to and whoever you obey, obey is who you honor. Whoever, and who you honor and who you reverence. He said fear God. It could say reverence God. It could have said esteem God. It should, could say value him, cherish him, prize him. Jesus talked about a man finding the kingdom. If he finds the kingdom, he finds that, that which is essence and what is essential and what is vital. What is the most important thing in his life when he finds the kingdom? The Bible says honor is the most important thing a person can find and begin to live it. Honoring God, valuing his things, treasuring his things. Jesus said, upon this rock I build my church. And if I honor God, I'll honor the local church. I will value this place. I will value the people in this place. I will cherish them. I will speak well of them. I will do whatever I can to promote them. It says, fear God. That means to reverence him, to put him first place in life. That God comes first. He comes first in my home. He comes first in my time. He comes first. The problem with this planet is, it's lost its honor for God. Why the world is crazy because it has no honor for God and it lost the day Adam dishonored God because of what he was listening to. And God says, I am not, I am not bringing this correction because you ate off the tree, Adam. I'm bringing this correction because of who you listen to. He said, you listen to your wife. You listen to her voice. You honored her voice over mine. It was an honor issue. And sometimes it has to be that close that if somebody in my life, I don't care if they are family, I don't care who they are, if they dishonoring God, I'm not riding with that. That's what got, that's what got Jonathan's head cut off. Going to battlefield with a daddy that dishonored God. And the anointing is gone. And David was so honored, but he wept. He said, they were anointed. God's Holy Ghost was on them. And they died like men that had never seen the anointing. And sometimes believers die without the anointing, without the, without the glory. They still should be here, but they're gone because of their dishonor. Paul wrote the Corinthian church, some are weak, some are sick, and some have gone home because of their dishonor for the house of God and the, and the things of God. You get away from people that dishonor God's things. You don't want to hear them talk. 
You don't want to be around them. That's what Psalms 1 is about. I don't want you standing with them. I don't want you sitting with them. And I don't want you walking with them. And I don't want you taking their counsel. You tell them to shut up. You got to tell them to get out of your house. I don't want a friendship that, that makes me choose between you and God. I don't want a friendship that makes me choose like it. Don't put me in a situation like that because God is going to win every time. My pastor is going to win every time. Don't put me, the word is going to win every time. Don't put me in that situation where you a deviation from the standard. Don't you put me in that situation and expect me to understand. I don't. You are in dishonor and you need to repent. Don't put me in that situation where I got to choose between you and God. Because I don't need a friendship like that. Matter of fact, it's not a friendship. It's an opportunity for Satan to enter into my life and separate me from the glory. Separate me from the power. I'm not doing that. It says fear God. Don't fear your friends. Fear God. Fear God. Reverence God. That's the whole matter. Reverence God. How do you reverence him? You get in his word and you find out what he said and you live by it. You live by it at all costs. You find the people that honor God and that's, that's who you hang around. You find people that's doing it God's way and you hang around those people. Jesus prophesied and, 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 and Malachi prophesied about Jesus coming in, in, in the book of Malachi and he talked about, Malachi is a book of honor. People think it's a book about tithing. Tithing doesn't stand on its own. Tithing is a, is a, is a subject of honor. Wherever you put your money, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And you don't put nothing in the church, that means you don't honor it. It don't have nothing to do. It has nothing to do with money because all the money is God's anyway. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The silver and gold is all his. And when they put people in the casket, nobody's taking anything with them because it's all God's. The only thing you're going to take to heaven with you is your honor and respect for the things of God. That's all the things going with you. And the honorable are going one direction and the dishonor are going another direction. That's always the case. He said, honor God, fear him, reverence him. The Bible doesn't work for people that have no reverence. Look over here in Psalms uh, 34. Just real quick, turn over to Psalms 34. When people have a lack of reverence, they can't even interpret the word right. What? The angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, Psalms 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamp around about them that fear him. This is how you keep angelic protection around you. This is how you keep corona out of your house. You don't let something come on your television that dishonors God. You don't let stuff in your television that dishonors God. You don't let stuff on your laptop that dishonors God. I'm talking about when ain't nobody there. Right. Right. You don't let anything on your phone. Dr. Jacob says, Keith, I, on YouTube, I'm trying to look at preachers preaching. Stuff's popping up on my screen. Can you fix this? I don't know. Let me try. I figured it out. You don't leave all 
There's a, there's a little thing up there on the main page that says all. Get rid of all, because you don't want all that YouTube's got. You don't want all that YouTube has funneled it into your phone. I said, all you want to do is hear public speakers. Hit that. Clean it up. Go on there in the general section and, and go on there and, and get that and, and get that block put on there. He said, thank you so much. I didn't want nobody to grab my phone and look at it and, and there's dirty, dirty. They want to know what is the prophet doing in his spare time. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about honoring God. The man wants to honor God. He don't even want accidents. I don't even want dishonorable accidents. I don't want stuff coming up on the screen by accident. Fix that. No. I want the angels. I want the angels encamped about my house. Amen. I'm trying to tell you how to stay protected as you go through this last day journey that we're living in. Let me see what it says right here. Honor God. Reverence God is what it's saying. Don't be afraid of him. He says, I don't want my children afraid of me. I want them to respect me. My children are not afraid of me. They just respect me. They just respect. So reverence is not what he's, fear is being scared of God is not what he's talking about. And the angel of the Lord, he encamps around about them that fear him to, the, them, to deliver them. Amen, to deliver them. And listen, I remember when uh, Dr. Jacobs was teaching last time, he got a translation. He said when they camp about it, it means the angels take a knee around your house. They said we ain't going nowhere. We on assignment. Ain't nothing happening right now. Do you mind if we take a knee? But if something pop off, we got your back. We got your back. That's what he's saying. To deliver them. Corona ain't coming to your house if you will honor God in the house. Amen. Because dishonor opens the door. The Bible said give play no place to save. Amen. Dishonor just opens is an open door. To deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. Not the ain'ts, the saints. I always say that. There is no, there is no want to them that fear him. Reverence is the end of lack. He says, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. You can go back to that. And keep his recommendations. No. His sex suggestions. No. There ain't no suggestions in, that, in the Bible. There are no recommendations. There's only commandments. And sometimes Christians have trouble with commandments. They want a church where they can live the loosey-goosey. And then the angels don't encamp and deliverance don't take place. When I was saying about Diamond over there, her car flipped over three times, but it's flipping in the presence of the angels. Amen. And they land the car on all four wheels. And a woman came out and ran out 
to see if Diamond was okay, and she was. But one thing she noticed, she said, when I looked in your car, your Bible was sitting on the passenger seat. Folded and in his right mind and in his right place. It looked like somebody said it there. Let me tell you who that somebody was. Come on now. Let me tell you who that somebody is. Amen. Even though I walk through, come on now. He's right there with me to protect me and keep me. Amen. Praise God. It's the same angel that was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they came out of the furnace, it wasn't even any smoke smell in their clothes. I'm in it, but it ain't touching me. I'm kept from the path of the destroyer. And that comes for the person that will honor God. If there's a manifestation coming when you honor God and you keep his commandments. He said this is the whole duty. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. That's the whole, what is man? Psalms 8, what is man? He's a God-honoring being that keeps God's commandments. He's crowned with glory and honor, and he has dominion. I remember one time I was preaching, I got, I got that download from heaven. He said, Keith, Psalms 8, verse 4, put that up. What is man? He said, when you are honoring God, the glory and honor is restored to you. Because the only reason why the glory and honor left is because man disobeyed and dishonored me. Disobedience, dishonor, and disbelief are triplets. Dishonor, disobedience, and disbelief are triplets. Anytime you see dishonor, don't let the person think they in faith even though they quote the scriptures. Because you can't dishonor God and be in faith at the same time. Amen. Honor, faith, and obedience are triplets. They're always together. And he says, what is man that thou mindful of him, the son of man that thou visit him? Go to the next verse, verse 5. Thou made him a little lower than Elohim. Dr. Jacobs covered that. It's not angels. It's not as that should be interpreted. Made him a little lower than God. And crowned him with what? So that's what he wears. Honor is a garment. Glory is a garment. Honor is a garment. And the devil spends his time trying to disrobe man of two qualities in life, of his glory and of his honor. Because that's the only time your life is susceptible to attack if the glory is not there. Because the glory, the Bible said, will be your real God. Even that somebody trying to come up from you from behind, the glory will protect you. People plotting against you, the glory will protect you. People trying to stage insight against you, the glory will protect you if you got your right clothes on. Don't ever let the devil disrobe you like he disrobed Adam. And his wife. 
You stay in your glory, you stay in your honor. Here's the reason why, next verse. He says right here, thou made him to have dominion. When you clothe with glory and honor, that's why Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys. Whatever you say will come to pass. But you have to have the garment on. And your glory and honor garment is what trees are waiting to, to be spoken to. It's what the wind is waiting on. It's what the wind is waiting on. Speaking to the wind is waiting for the person clothed in glory and honor. Speaking to mountains, they're waiting for the person clothed in glory and honor because that's the one that God gave dominion to. You keep your honor your whole life. You make sure your steps, you examine your steps and you make sure your steps are honorable toward God. When it's time to change because the word comes, don't you fight the word. Don't you fight change. Because you're going to be changing your whole life. Jesus didn't come preaching, let's get saved and let's get blessed. He came preaching, let's change. And that's a, let's align to what I have purposed for your life. And while you're pursuing your purpose and your destiny, guard the glory and guard the honor. And as you do that, not one word that you speak will ever fall to the ground. Heaven and earth will back you up. When there's tornadoes out and it seems like the wind is blowing, The wind knows who the real sons of God are. Because the Bible said all creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. They will respond to the honor that you have for God and the glory that's on you. And your house will be preserved. And the angels will keep you. And every prayer you have will come to pass in the name of Jesus. And you'll live the blessed life. No lack. There's no want to them that carry glory. There's no lack them that walk in honor. No good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright before me. You get some help today. Amen. Well, lift your hands to heaven.